following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. Wednesday, no, it's Wednesday, November 4th, 2020, season 16, episode number 58. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got Nick in here with me, Dave and Amber at their remote locations. We appreciate you guys taking a little time from your election coverage to join us. Talk a little Cowboys football. Hopefully we can make this entertaining for you and, uh, and give you a good 45 minutes of a respite uh, from the anxiety that is uh, the election. So, we got a lot of things we want to get into today. We'll have Bucky Brooks joining us in the second segment. We're going to start breaking down the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, offense versus the Cowboys defense. That'll be an interesting conversation. Uh, but before we get to that, yesterday we find out about Andy Dalton, uh, who now has been placed on the reserved COVID-19 list. Nick, talk to me about how long he's presumably out and what does this mean for the team at this point? Um. It sounds like he could be out two weeks. Um, I, I don't know, unless McCarthy – I didn't get a chance to hear McCarthy. Did he say something different? Did he say that? Because if he didn't say that, then – No, I mean, he didn't really. Okay. Well, then, I mean, let's just be honest about it. The Cowboys are not are not mentioning it. They're, they're not really announcing it. They haven't really come forward and said a lot about this. And what it could have been is it – you know, obviously, they don't have to say if whether he tested positive or not. He could have been around someone. It's different. I mean, but but the protocol, he, he should be in there for 14 days. Um, you know, I, Dave, I've heard some loopholes on these. Like if if you know if he passes so many tests, if if he if he wasn't tested positive, he could pass so many tests. But again, with the bye week coming up, I'm really not sure what the status is. I wish I knew, but I we really don't. We're kind of left in the dark on this one. What I think's going to happen is is he's obviously not going to play this week. The bye week next week, I would imagine he would be cleared for, you know, after that heading into the Minnesota game. Had the Cowboys have a game next week, I'm not I'm not sure if there's a way he could get it, but it doesn't really matter cuz there's a bye, a bye week. Yeah. Which comes at a great time for the Cowboys. Yeah. Doesn't it always? Well, why do you say that, Nick? Like, which does it not matter at this point? Is that well, what you're saying? Well, no, I'm saying maybe three weeks ago would have been nice, or maybe yeah, I, sure. I don't know. Maybe we can have more guys start at quarterback this week. Hmm. Dave, what were you about to say? I just, I mean, the, it's it's very fortunate. Just in talking about Andy, you know, first for, first and foremost, you know, I hope he's okay. I hope his family's okay, but. It's fortunate for the Cowboys that they have that bye week because I guess you don't want to presume, but yeah, it seems it seems like a decent bet that he can be back for the game after the bye. So you know you don't have him on Sunday, and then you can just kind of take it day by day from there. But it seems like a good bet that you know by the time the Minnesota game rolls around, he you would like to think he could maybe be available. So it's fortunate timing in that regard, which nothing else about this season is fortunate, but it is what it is, I guess. Are there any other ramifications for the team at this point uh, as far as them being able to practice today? We've heard of teams that that then shut down. They aren't able to practice or they aren't able to do in-person meetings. Is there anything like that that the Cowboys are affecting them today? I'm sure Mike answered all of those questions. 
sure he answered that. Well, I know they're practicing today, right. obviously. Practice we know today. they're practicing today. So if they're practicing, then at least we yeah. know that, that they are able to, to come in and be in the building and, and right. practice, I, I, right? It, I think the, the good part here was that Andy Dalton didn't travel. You know, he, he wasn't. Right. He, he, he stayed at home. And then I guess that's whatever the situation is. It happened maybe this weekend while he was at home. So the Cowboys will have an interesting decision this weekend, Amber. They will have to choose between uh, Garrett Gilbert and Cooper Rush. They've already made it clear that Danucci is probably not going to be the choice as a starting quarterback. Um, who do you think is most likely to start versus Pittsburgh, Garrett Gilbert or Cooper Rush? Before answering that question, can I quickly ask Nick? Um, I know you take the test. How quickly do they give you guys yeah. the results? I take the test every morning. Every morning. Every morning. For the last how many months? Three months now? It's been a while. I take the test <laughs> at about uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, uh-huh. usually. And I would say that my email comes in around 1 in the morning, 2 in the morning, something like that. Um, I'm not the quarterback of the team. You stay so. up for those returns every night? <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, sometimes when it comes in and you see it, it's hard to just go to bed. I mean, you have to like, uh. let's see. But what I do think today, yeah. I, I have been told that a trainer would call <laughs> a trainer would call me way before. Yeah, you would not yeah. wait until one o'clock. If you get the one and, o'clock, that means you're, you're I mean, good. Okay, and truth be told, since we're talking about it, I actually saw Andy Dalton in the car. I saw him in his car and them talking to him. Uh, yesterday or two days ago or whatever, I wasn't sure who it was at first, but it was him. And you know they were they were talking to him about you know what's going to happen through all this and all that. But I don't know exactly w- what you're going with your question there. But I would say it's about twelve hours, maybe a little bit more for for the test that, that okay, I take. Okay, no, where I was going is because. Obviously, we know he didn't travel with the team, but we also knew that he was taking part in the meetings and he was just still around the facility. So I was just wondering mm-hmm. how quickly he was able to get that result from the test and how much he was around the teammates. But clearly, none of them, or at least that we know of, no one else has tested positive so far. So it seems that at least the Cowboys are not having to shut down their facility or anything like we've seen from other teams. But Derek, to answer your question, between these two quarterbacks, um, clearly not much experience there, but my assumption would be that maybe Cooper Rush, just because of the fact that he's been here before, he knows some of these guys, so he's probably more, a lot more familiar than Gel- Garrett Gilbert is at this point. Dave, what do you think? I made this comment as a joke yesterday, and the more that I'm forced to confront this reality, the more I'm just leaning into it, to be honest with you. Like, yeah, Cooper Rush has been here for three years. Garrett Gilbert's been in the league for six years. Uh, They've combined to throw nine NFL passes in the regular season. Mm. So what what I would do is wildcat this bad boy from the get and just let Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott handle it. Like, just... Let's go. Nick, you remember the glory days? Darren McFadden and Felix Jones? Let's get this thing rolling, man. Yeah. I'm, yes, so, I'm, so, I'm so serious. I really, like, what business do you have trying to pass against this defense? Like, with this offensive line, with those quarterbacks, maybe you, maybe, you know, I don't know, one of those guys played quarterback at some point in his career. Maybe Tony Pollard played some quarterback in high school or threw some passes. Maybe you can string together a few plays where they throw or maybe you can let Cedric Wilson do it but I would honestly go full like triple option read option all day every day 
I don't think they're going to do that. I guess I guess I would start Cooper Rush if I had to. But I'm serious. I would probably just play Wildcat for the whole game. Yeah, I think I remember. And Nick, you know, I think we talked about this last week. That was there was that game between the Dolphins and I think it was the Patriots mm-hmm. years ago. Uh, it was Ronnie. What, what? Ronnie Brown. Ronnie Brown. Yeah, Ronnie Brown. Ronnie was Brown. The and and they basically went into the game. We're just like, hey, we're just going to wildcat this thing. And I remember, I don't remember if they won, but I remember they I played they it did. close. I think and, they did. Uh, I think they did win. And and it was they basically David said they just basically went in and said, look, we got no shot otherwise. Yeah. Let's just do this. Let's give ourselves because that's the thing about wildcat. You give yourself advantages with numbers and blocking, right? So maybe maybe that's the option. That's the again with an offensive line that's banged up, with quarterbacks that are inexperienced. Maybe Dave's right. Maybe that's the way you, yeah. you kind of look at this thing. You know, I think um, I think that would do some elements of it. I don't know if I would just say not have the quarterback on the field at all. I think I would I would do kind of like they did in the game the other day, but maybe more of it where yeah. the quarterback is there, he lines up. You know, I've been thinking about that. Like, it kind of sucks to have like a cornerback sitting over there. He's not doing anything with facing a unathletic, you know, quarterback. But what else would you do? You're not going to put a linebacker over there because then that takes away what they want to do in the middle. So, you know, I think I, I would do that. I, I, I agree with them. I'd start Cooper Rush. Um, oh god, <laughs> just you know, just listening to it, it sounds weird, but I would. I'd start him. The thing about Gilbert, he's he's very tall. I mean, he's like what six five? Something like that. I mean, so. He, I guess you could see down the field a little bit if you wanted to. If you wanted to kind of extend the, you know, extend things down the field, I just don't know if he's got the arm strength to do it. I don't. I don't know. I mean, I know he played. He was a great high school quarterback, and he was college. He just, you know, he went to Texas and then SMU or whatever. Yeah, he's definitely bounced around. I just think Cooper Rush is probably going to know what Kellen Moore's trying to do a little bit better. Right, because I, I don't know that there's an appreciable difference in their skill set. I don't I don't know. I mean, everything I've seen from Garrett Gilbert is, you're right, he was a great prospect coming out of high school. I haven't seen greatness from him since then. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he's okay. Okay at SM was it SMU where he ended yeah. up? Yeah, I mean he obviously uh, he's he was good okay. To get yeah, he was okay. Yeah, he, was so, so, he was fine. So, so my point is like I, I don't know that he and Cooper Rush like there's this real difference between the two of them from a skill set standpoint. But Cooper Rush obviously knows more about the offense and what Kellen Moore is trying to do. So to me, that makes him the more viable option. If you're just trying to say advantages, disadvantages for each one, I think that's probably your biggest advantage. Do we agree with this though? I mean, does everybody agree that it should not be Danucci? I do, yes. I think that game last week, we saw that that game was too big for him. And if Philadelphia's defense is too much for him, Mm -hmm. I mean, Pittsburgh is probably the most complex defense to figure out and probably have some of the best talent on their defensive front and in the back end in the league. So if he couldn't figure it out against Philly, I don't think it's smart to turn around and throw him up against Pittsburgh. Do you? Dave, do you have something? No. Oh, so well. I was going to say not only not only that, Derek, but let's think about. I think we would all agree the 2017 game against Atlanta, where Dak just got mauled by Adrian Claiborne. I think we would all agree like that game had some long lasting impact on him. Like it seemed like it messed up his confidence at least for the rest of that season. I think you could break Ben DiNucci playing him in this game. Like, and that's not to say maybe he'll never be a good quarterback, but. He might not ever recover from having to play a defense like this and just getting bat- battered the way that he might get battered by that defensive front. I I think it's in his best long-term interest to not be out there. What do you think, uh, Gabe? Just from a developmental standpoint. 
between these two guys, who would you say is... Because we love talking about quarterback mobility and given the fact that the O-line has so many issues, just having a quarterback with the ability to react and be able to get away and try to buy himself a few extra seconds. Between these two quarterbacks, who would you guys say has just a little bit better mobility than the other? Cooper Rush. I, Yeah, maybe. I think I kind of agree with that. I've seen Garrett Gilbert. I just looked at him. I mean, he didn't get on the field the other day in Washington. They wouldn't let him on the field because he had to prove that he was a player and they didn't believe him. And he just, I'm telling you, he's, he's not he's, – Cooper Rush, I think, is going to be a more mobile quarterback than him. He's yeah. not – I mean, because when you're tall like that, it's hard to think that you're going to be really – you know, quick in the pocket and all that, and I don't think Cooper Rush would be. Ben Danucci is going to be your more mobile quarterback, obviously. Well, we thought so, but I I didn't really see much of that in this last game either. I, first of all, I don't I don't think he has the greatest awareness in the pocket. Like the number of times where guys just came free and hit him, and he didn't even. Yeah. It's almost like he didn't even know they were coming. To me, that's where it's like you couldn't even get a chance to see whether he could be mobile because he just didn't have a good feel well, for what was coming at him when. And that's why I say. Pittsburgh is a bad matchup for somebody that doesn't have a good awareness of what's coming at him yeah. to win. You know? Yeah, I thought there were times where he could have run, where he was scrambling and could have run, but then d- decided to throw, and he's like, he doesn't really have a great arm. Yeah. I thought he had a better arm. His arm's sneaky to me. At times, it's, it looks like he can really, you know, zip it. And then there's other times when he had Dalton Schultz way behind the defense mm-hmm. and he threw it up, and I thought it was a punt. Was that was that the win? Because you were there. Yeah. You, you, I mean, the win obviously wasn't was was a bit of a problem. We saw that in the kicks. Yeah, but was that a part of the problem there? Is yeah, it, it might have been. The wind was tricky too. I mean, yeah. early in the game it was really bad, and then, I mean, before game, before the game, and then first half it wasn't so bad, and second half it picked up again. So. Speaking of punts. Um, yeah, you know, um, let's talk about that. Uh, Chris Jones. What's happening with Chris Jones? Surgery. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones is having surgery on a core muscle injury and will be unavailable for multiple weeks. Huh. That's why you should bite your tongue sometimes, or me, when we're criticizing some <laughs> of these players and talking crap. <laughs> Let me just call myself out. It's just one of those things that... Um, you just really never know what someone's dealing with. And maybe poor guy was struggling with this injury and was just trying to make the best out of it and try just really making an effort out there. So and has that been the last three couldn't... years? Like, is, is that been the last three years that he's had this injury? Like, he had wow. Wow. Well, I mean, the Cowboys better be careful with what they say there because they have an injury report where he's supposed to be on it if he's injured. Mm-hmm. So if he, if, you know, to come back and save face chain, and chain, say, chain, chain, say, chain. hey, he's been hurt this whole time, <laughs> they better be careful by saying that. So yeah. they did put him on the injury report last week, didn't say he was going to be questionable for the game. I mean, they just said he dealt, it was limited in a practice, but he was going to play. Yeah. Um, but you're right, Derek. I mean, his, his numbers have just gone down. I right. looked them up just now. I mean, they, they've gone down. Every year. They, this is yeah. not his worst year in punting average. It's his second worst. Last year was his worst. Yeah. It's just he doesn't have that pop on the ball that he used to, and and he's had a back injury a couple of years ago. This year, obviously, it's the abdomen growing. Uh, you know, it's that's tough, and that's not a good area, I would think, to punt. You yeah. know, well, at this point, the way I look at it is, you got Hunter Niswander. We're going to see how well he does, and if he does a good job, then the Cowboys may yeah. decide that that's a better move for them going forward even when Chris Jones you know, is back uh, and healthy. You know, yesterday when we were when we were leaving the show, you know, um, we got a chance to see Hunter Niswinder holding 
which you had mentioned on the show. Like, like, that's when you know yeah. something is kind He of was holding. I was happening. like, all right, well, yeah. and I didn't know about the surgery, but it was like, whatever they're doing, they're, they're going to, they're gonna, you know, make a change here. Yeah. And, and this guy, you know, he can, he kicks off, he, he, he punts, he, he could kick, I guess, if you needed to. I mean, Zerline's fine there, but so it sounds like he'll just be, you know, the, the punter, and we'll see, you know, I mean, about to play some cold weather games, and it's going to, that, that stuff's going to be important. All right, so we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we got Bucky Brooks joining us from NFL Network. He'll talk about the Pittsburgh offense versus this Cowboys defense. We'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears. Okay, let's play. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter, 10 bucks, free shipping. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. It's funny. As we travel places, often we find the places we want to travel aren't really places at all. They're people. They're grandparents, moms, old friends, and new nephews. That's why at American Airlines, we've been using enhanced cleaning measures so you can feel confident every step until you get to them. So as always, our people can't wait to take you to yours. American Airlines, you are why we fly. To the break. Welcome back. We're in the second segment of the break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, we got Bucky Brooks, from NFL Network, joining us. Welcome to the show, Bucky. How are you doing today? Man, I'm good. How you guys doing? Doing good. Great. Doing good. I will start off uh, the, the 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 segment today, and I have a little different question for you. I was looking at this Pittsburgh team and looking at some of their rankings. Their rush offense right now is ranked 16th in the league. Their pass offense is ranked 24th, which is a bit of a shock to me because it looks like if you watch them, like they look like a well-oiled machine on offense. But here's the kicker. They're ranked fifth in points scored. Uh, how much of the effectiveness of their offense is dictated by the fact that their defense gives them turnovers in a short field because they are right now ranked second in turnovers that their defense forces? It, it is all about the defense. Like, the Pittsburgh Steelers are back to their identity because when the Pittsburgh Steelers traditionally have been good, it's about their defense carrying the way. And their stars are on defense. Their defense sets the table. They create turnovers. They create short fields. And what they've been able to do offensively is they've been able to cash in. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is playing well, but let's make no mistake about it. He's not the same Ben Roethlisberger that we saw when it was the Killer Bees with Levy and Bell and Antonio Brown. 
it is a lot of dink and dunk, quick rhythm, ball is out, and then his playmakers are doing it. In fact, I found a stat. He is getting the ball out quicker than anybody in the National Football League. Mm -hmm. From snap to throw is 2.29 seconds. No one else is close to that. And what you're getting, they have these athletes on the perimeter, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deontay Johnson, James Washington, Eric Ebron. It's just catch and run. Catch and run. They're breaking tackles. They're making plays. And it's a very ball control offense. And they've just been able to put the ball in the paint when they get those opportunities. Bucky, we all know uh, how bad the Cowboys defense has struggled all this season so far. Last week, we saw a little spark. In this game, what would be, I mean, it's going to be really, really hard, but what would be an area that the Cowboys could maybe try to focus on more to try to not be, not have such a disadvantage between these two guys? This game, this game will come down to tackling for the Cowboys. Um, because the ball is coming out, it makes it very, very hard to, to blitz and pressure him. He has actually been really good against the blitz, Roethlisberger has. And so what you have to do is, if you're going to play the zone like Mike Nolan prefers to play, everybody has to tackle. It has to be a game where when they catch it, they got to be hit right immediately. The thing that you can do with the Pittsburgh Steelers is you can't let these five-yard passes turn into 10- and 15-yard games because that's what they're living on. And we have seen... Uh, Trayvon Diggs and some of the corners have had problems with crossing routes, trying to figure out, do I go? Do I stay? Are we in man? Are we in zone? The Pittsburgh Steelers are living on these crossing routes. So having a clear understanding of what coverage you're in, having a clear feel for, hey, we're going to zone off all these crossing routes and we're going to rally and tackle. They have to make sure they have a clear plan and then they just have to tackle in space. That will be the biggest challenge for the Cowboys this week. Oh, is that? Oh, oh! I thought Nick was in front of me. I'm sorry, uh, Bucky. We o- we only see you know we only see the Steelers every like four years. So I feel like you know you kind of go off reputation, like you're talking about. You know, this isn't the killer bees offense that it was a few years ago. But Pittsburgh, their reputation. I mean, they, they have the offensive line that uh, that most people associate with the Cowboys. At least it seems that way. Um, I'm cu- like, what what is the status of their offensive line? Because going into this matchup. I'm worried that they're just going to be able to road grade the Cowboys out of the way. Um, is that fair? No, they're not the same offensive line. They can't necessarily mash like you would like to think. Like this isn't the same kind of offensive line that they had with Levy and Bell, where they were able to run the ball and Levy and Bell would go crazy. James Conner is fine. Like he's an okay running back. He has 498 yards. They've been able to kind of get it when they're up and kind of running out the clock. But it's a hodgepodge. They're playing young guys. On the inside, David DeCastro has sat out some games, and so they're fine. Their big deal has been, and I know this will pain you being an LSU fan. Matt Canada has come in as their <laughs> as their as their as their quarterback coach. But what he's done, he has given them the bells and whistles that he's always done at the college level. So you will see a lot of fly sweep action, a lot of shifts, a lot of motions to try and divert your eyes, and then they run a complement of plays off of that. You will see Chase Claypool get a handful of jet sweeps and all those guys are doing it so they stretch you horizontally with all the action and then they come downhill behind it it will be very similar to the way the la rams tried to attack the opening game where they ran all that horizontal motion and then tried to run the ball behind it so you just have to be disciplined you have to understand where your gaps are and be sound and then you just have to run and chase you got to make sure that you rally to the ball and you gain tackle this week 
So the Dallas defense has to be disciplined if they're going to be successful. That's, <laughs> I mean, that's, yes. that's, that's terrifying. Okay. Look, look, but you have to build on what, what happened last week. I, I think building upon what happened last week, you, you have to ignore all the other stuff. They took a step in a positive direction because I felt like they played harder. I felt like they ran to the ball. And maybe by clearing out some of the veterans in the locker room, I think they got their attention. Because last week was the first time that we saw a little bit of the Dallas defense that we thought that we would see forcing turnovers and those things. I think they have to build upon that. But this has to be their most physical effort, and we'll see if they're up to the challenge. Uh, you mentioned a little earlier that Ben's getting the ball out really quickly. Uh, I saw also that he's only been hit 12 times this season. So if you can't hit him, how do you disrupt a guy like Ben, ben Roethlisberger? You have to cover. Um, he's not the athlete that he was. Before, the thing that used to worry about Ben Roethlisberger was the extended plays. He would run around. Uh, you had A.B. there. A.B. is great at Sandlot football. He would uncover it. They would throw a 50-yard touchdown. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't like to run around like that. He also doesn't have what I would call the arm strength to push it down the field like he used to. And so the thing that you can do is Sometimes you have to change the number of guys that you have dropping. Sometimes you drop seven. Sometimes you drop eight. Force them to fit it into windows. And most importantly, you can't let those physical athletes that they have on the outside get loose in space. you got to knock those guys down. Because as much as I talk about their wide receivers, and their wide receivers are really terrific, but they're not like the Cowboys wide receivers. They're kind of like Juju Smith-Schuster is not a number one. He's a number two. Deontay Thompson, James Washington, Chase Claypool, like they're fine. Chase Claypool has kind of been the revelation. They're the only team with three wide receivers with over 20 receptions. And so you have to take care of them. But you have a couple of these guys averaging nine yards a catch. So they're not really hurting you. It's really just like water torture. Just a little <laughs> drop here, drop there, drop there, moving the chains. They're not getting these big plays. They're just moving the chains. And so you have to make sure you tackle them and keep them under control. I'll go. Is it me? I, I'll, yeah. I'll go. I'll just ask. I'll <laughs> well, ask. I don't know. Well, I, I, I skipped my turn because basically I was about to ask if the Cowboys defense played better or was it just Carson Wentz. And you kind of made it, you answered that already, said that the defense did play better. But I'll ask you this. Last week I said, hey, Cheeto's supposed to come back because I thought he was. What do you do with Diggs? And you said, well, you know, you think Diggs needs a, a break a little bit. And he gave up a couple of touchdowns, but he also had two picks. If Cheeto does come back this week from the hamstring from hell, do you <laughs> think that he will still play? Do you think Diggs would, would, would you bench him now? Well, I think now that he has a couple of takeaways and he picked off passes, I think they're more inclined to keep him out there. I think yeah. with Cheeto, Cheeto probably goes into the nickel. I think the thing with, with Diggs is Diggs' talent is impressive. It stands out on tape when you watch him, right? Like he's long, he makes plays, he has good ball skills being a former wide receiver and those things. It's the lapses where he falls asleep at the wheel and he's trying to figure it out. We didn't see those as much against Philadelphia. The plays that he gave up, he was just beat on the play. He's in position. The guy made a play. The, per the throw was perfect, and it happens. Um, I think the big thing is continuing to simplify the game for him so he knows exactly what he's able to do. He has played at a high level, so I think you certainly have to keep him out there. But you do need Cheeto back. You need all your guys back so you can play well. Um, I think you have to be encouraged by the effort because last week was a winnable game. I would say that the offense didn't help them out in terms of winning the game. But from a defensive effort, it was better. Now, can you build upon that and really take a big stride against the Pittsburgh Steelers team that is much better than the Philadelphia Eagles? We, you, you're really 
kind of talked about the turnovers and how important that is and the fact that we were able to start seeing that last weekend. And yes, part of that is attributed to the quarterback. But in this game, I mean, is there any chance that the Cowboys are just able to at least create some kind of turnover? Yeah, I think they can create turnovers. Um, the thing about it is last week the turnovers came because the quarterback was hit. Uh, you saw what, three or four sacks. You saw a bunch of quarterback ticks, pressure. Those things change the way the quarterback plays. For Ben Roethlisberger, because he gets the ball out so quick, this should be a game where if I asked you what it looked like at practice, the D-line has to work on getting their hands up at the line of scrimmage. If anything, the turnovers will come off batted passes, deflections, tip balls, and overthrows. It has to be a concerted effort to, if Ben Roethlisberger is going to get it out, the D-line has to time their jump at the line of scrimmage and see if they can deflect and distort some of these passes by clogging the passing lanes. If they do that, some of the interceptions and turnovers certainly can happen. I know when we already we've been talking about how this is, you know, a lot more conservative, you know, the deep shots that Ben Roethlisberger is so famous for maybe aren't happening as much this year. But I mean, he can still do that, though, right? Because I got to assume they're going to want to try to take some shots, seeing as how it works for everybody else. Uh, He still can do it, but he can't do it as consistently as he used to do it. Um, If he's going to take a shot. I mean, your alert has to be on number 11. Like if, if I'm in the DB room, um, we have to be mindful of where number 11 is. He is the one that is going to get the shots, and that's Chase Claypool. So let's be aware of where he is at all times. Let's make sure that we are uh, playing top-down coverage, meaning we're making him catch things going back to the quarterback. But he is the guy when it comes to the deep shot. If the deep shot happens, it is when Ben Roethlisberger sees you walked up in snug coverage, press man-to-man, and he takes the fade right away. It is not what it used to be where he would wait and wait and wait and then air it out. He doesn't have that. Um, he doesn't have that club in his bag anymore since he had the elbow surgery. He hasn't shown that. So crowd, you can crowd them, but you just better make sure that you understand who the deep targets are and make sure that you have a plan for taking those guys away. As a follow-up to that, you mentioned Chase Claypool. He's been really good for them this season. Does Dallas have the defensive backs, the size of defensive backs, to match up with Claypool's size? Because he looks like a really big receiver. He looks like a physical receiver, but he looks like a physical receiver that can run. Do they have the, the size to be able to match up with him? Well, I mean, I think they can match up with him. I, I think the thing that you have to do with a big guy like that, in a way, um, we have seen Dallas play a little more conservative, so they've been off coverage more, meaning they, they'll give you all the short stuff. With Claypool, the thing that you want to do with a big guy like that, in a way, you kind of want to jam him and make him restart. Or if you can get a sense of what routes he likes to run, you can squat on some of those things to, to really make it tough. I think Diggs would be, if they get into a, a thing where they want to match up, I think this is your best option in terms of matching up with them just because of the length. Um, I just don't know if you feel the need to travel with him at this point. He has made some plays. I don't know if he's made enough plays to get the special attention yet. We appreciate that, Bucky. Really good stuff. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll talk a little bit more about this Pittsburgh defense versus the Cowboys offense. We're going to take our final break. We'll come back. I'm going to ask these guys some questions about the Cowboys defense particularly. And we'll do that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. 
Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Cowboy fans, join the NFL in supporting our nation's service members by wearing the latest Dallas Cowboys Salute to Service gear. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com to find the full assortment of Salute to Service gear. Welcome back. It is the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys defense versus Philadelphia offense. Pittsburgh. Uh, I wish it was I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Pittsburgh. Sorry. sorry. Same wins. state. I almost city. asked them that. I was like, did they... Did they trade Wentz to Pittsburgh? No. <laughs> Would have been nice. <laughs> All right. Um, I did have some questions for you guys, particular to the Cowboys' defense. And I want to start with, um, you know, obviously we talked about how well they played last week. I thought they played really well. I think there's kind of mixed reviews on that. Some think that it maybe was just uh, Philadelphia decided they didn't want to run the ball anymore for whatever <laughs> strange reason. But all that being said, how much faith do you have? that the defense uh, can continue to show improvement at least, because I do think we all agree that they were better against a much better opponent. Let's start first with you, Nick. Well, I think that I don't know if Roethlisberger or any other quarterback is going to make some of those throws that were picked off by Diggs. I think most quarterbacks in the league, including Roethlisberger, probably fumble if they get hit by Leighton like that and Donovan Wilson like that. Oh, yeah. they, they made some nice plays on the ball. So they, they created some of those turnovers, and that's something we really have, haven't seen a lot of. Uh, Again, I'm really impressed with Donovan Wilson. I mean, I, I, I like what he's what he's shown, and they're giving him a chance. And the fans that were, you know, yelling, saying, "Let's see this guy," they were right. You know, I mean, he's he's he he's going to continue to play better. I got to talk to him last week, and he was just like, he's like, the game's moving slower for me now, and I'm moving faster. I thought that you that's know, awesome. yeah. yeah, I mean, and that's that's what it's about, you know, when a young player like that. So I, you know, I think it's encouraging. Yes, yes. Wentz, they probably could have run the ball more. They should have because they're getting blown off the ball there. Mm-hmm. But I think I think if they can shore that up, which I don't know if they can. Maybe Ellie, Ellie Ank Anku. I don't know how to say his yeah. last name. The name's Ellie. It's not Eli. It's Ellie. Ellie. Hey. It's Ellie. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. Didn't know, I didn't that. know that. Yeah, I Ellie. got that part. You guys I didn't know that. Ellie Anku. 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 Yeah. 
cool. Yeah, I mean, again, I, usually big guys don't get moved around that like that. So okay. hopefully, no, I'm saying like right. that's the thing about Poe is that was what was surprising is right. a big guy like that you don't expect him to get moved around, and hopefully this guy can can prove that right. Yeah. All right, Amber, what do you think? Well, Cowboys were able to create some really nice plays last weekend, but one of the things that stood out to me the most was, was the kind of energy. I mean, you could tell there was like a whole different vibe on that field, and, and they were just more energized and in the way that they were playing. I do think that that's going to be able to carry over to this weekend and in the fact that you're going to see that kind of motivation, that kind of effort, that kind of energy once again. But I don't think that they'll be able to be as successful as far as creating plays and turnovers and, and keep moments like that because of the kind of offense that they're playing this weekend. Very, very different than the Philadelphia Eagles. So I don't think they're going to be as successful, but I think that at least the energy and the will is going to be there. One thing to note about that, and, and I, I don't know, Amber and Dave, I don't know if you guys have have witnessed a Steeler game at AT&T Stadium. Oh, God. But it, it's going to feel it's going to feel weird for Cowboys fans huh? because it's not often that yeah. the Cowboys have a state have a home game that feels maybe split. And I wonder with the, no the reduced crowd. I wonder if that's that feels even more. I don't know. It's going to be an interesting dynamic that I think we'll all yeah. be talking about as we get into the game. I don't think I don't think it's it's going to be split at all. I really don't. I think it's going to be 70-30 the other way. Split. And yeah. it's no, I think it's going to be 70-30 Pittsburgh. Steelers. Yes, yeah. because this is there's no there's no um uh season ticket holders that just, you know, have they're out the door. This is first come first serve and Cowboy fans are like who do we play this year? Steeler fans have known since 2012 when they come back. They know it's been eight years. So when all this hit, they're like, "I got to get get my hands on some tickets." They will be there. This is the year of the. They're even more excited about it. And Cowboy fans are kind of like, "Well, whatever." Like for this year, I guarantee you, it's going to be the most fans you've ever ever seen as far as like a discrepancy. Dave, what do you think yeah, about? I've the, never, uh, I've never seen. Oh. No, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, just, go ahead. You can answer. I've never, I've, I've never seen. <laughs> I've never seen Pittsburgh play here, but I've been there for Denver games and 49er games. You know, the 49er game in 2014, I feel like we've talked about that for a year after yeah. it happened. And it was, you know, the Cowboys were coming off a disappointing season and the 49ers were coming off a really good season. That's kind of the situation we're dealing with here. So, yeah, I think I think Nick is probably dead on with that. Um, Define red. As far as the defense, just, just prove it. <laughs> just, I don't, like... Prove it. Why? Sh- why should I? Why should I have to sell anybody on them keeping this up? When I mean, you know, we've seen what we've seen. I think. Uh, what I mean, and Nick said it during one of the breaks. Like they had, they had the Steelers had allowed. Uh, like I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. The point is, yeah, thank you. 400 rushing yards, and then they gave up 200 against Baltimore the other day. Yeah. That's like child's play for the Cowboys. They gave, I mean, three 300 rushing yards to the Browns, 200 to Washington. They played really great against Philadelphia. Ben Roethlisberger doesn't like to give the ball away as much as Carson Wentz does. I just, I need to see it to believe it. I would guess that they're probably going to struggle in this game. So what do you guys think is the most critical thing that this Cowboys defense needs to do to be successful against the Pittsburgh offense? Amber, let's start with mm. you. Uh, 
Well, I would say pressure the quarterback, but that's just going to be so tough. I mean, you heard the scouting report that uh, Bucky gave on their offensive line and how good they are at protecting their quarterback. So it's going to be really, really tough. But, I mean, that's where it all starts, just trying to, to create some pressure. That's going to be, I think, uh, very critical, including in the running game. I mean, it... I, I wish there could be a specific area that I could point out and say, okay, you know what, the Cowboys can dominate this part right here, and then they got to win in this game. But I think that the, the Steelers are able to do so many other things that if they take something out, they're going to be able to, to take advantage of the other side, of something else, whether it's the running game or the passing game. So it's, it's just going to be very difficult. But if the Cowboys can man manage creating some pressure – I think that's going to be really helpful for them. That's Dave. a great point. I'm sorry, go ahead. I mean, I'm just go saying that, that that is a great point because I was about to say you have to stop the run, sell out to stop the run, and make Roethlisberger beat you. Make a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who's going to the Hall of Fame beat you, and he will probably. They 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 just it's a pick your poison thing, and the Cowboys defense don't do anything really that well, and the Steelers do everything well. So. Hmm. <laughs> I actually, I mean, I, yeah, obviously, if you can pressure the quarterback, you should, and that would help, but like, I don't think that they can. You know, I, you know, Bucky just talked about how quickly he gets rid of the ball, and obviously the Cowboys haven't been great at getting to the quarterback anyway. I think that's probably a wash. Just rally and tackle. I mean, you know, if, if they if they take short throws, you can't let them turn into big gains. The the jet sweep stuff should be terrifying. Like, I mean, and for those of you that didn't catch Bucky's reference, yeah, Matt Canada, he used to be LSU's offensive coordinator. His whole thing, his entire offense when he was an offensive coordinator is predicated on jet sweeps, fly motions, you know, uh, eye candy, as people like to call it. That should be terrifying if you're a Cowboy fan because you know how well they deal with that, which is not well at all. Um, you just got to – you can't be deceived by stuff like that and you've got to rally and tackle and, you know, have it be six, eight, ten-yard gains instead of 25, 35-yard gains. Like that's what scares me in this matchup. Nick, you mentioned uh, Cheeto Bay coming back possibly this yeah, week. maybe. Uh, you mentioned that to, to Bucky Brooks and kind of does what happened with uh, – with with Diggs last week, change your opinion on on whether you would make or you would sit Diggs in order of che for yeah. Cheeto to be the starter, or you kind of keep it the same and just bring Cheeto in as your third. What would you do in that situation? Diggs is playing. He's the first guy out of the tunnel when uh, the, they announce defensive starters. He's playing. He's playing the rest of the season for me because um, he he's a baller. Now, now he messes up. There's no doubt about it. He makes mistakes. They're all making mistakes. He's going to be here. He's going to be here for the next few years. I don't know that about Cheeto. I don't know that about Jordan Lewis. Anthony Brown is is he's got a contract. He, he'll be here. But I think I think you know. And, and I didn't ask Bucky about this. He wrote yesterday in his five bucks column. One of them was Diggs has a, a potential to be an All Pro player. All Pro. You don't say that about a lot of the other defensive guys. So he needs to learn, keep going. He's like I said, he he was having to chase Stephon Diggs around the the entire house his whole life. So he he he's, he doesn't get discouraged easily. He'll be fine. I keep him out there. Dave, you said last week, even before he had the game, that you would have kept him out there anyway. You say keep him out there. Has anything mm -hmm. changed? I would ask at this point. No, uh, Nick. Nick said it perfectly. He's him and Anthony Brown are the only guys in the secondary that have long-term futures here. He needs to play. 
And I think, you know, we keep saying that, and I think he keeps proving us right. Like, he seems like he's got the right mindset for it. I'm not worried about... I'm not worried about his self-confidence or his belief, and he needs the reps because if he's going to develop into that player, they need it to happen now so that you know when they have another chance at this thing next year, he's ready to go and be a really you know meaningful piece of that team. What are your thoughts, Amber? I have a question, and, and I'm, I, I guess it's going to. I love be when hard. AG has a question. It's my it, favorite. This is, <laughs> <laughs> this is hard for me to piece it together, but I hope it makes sense. Would you say that position, and looking at, at him knowing that that's he's a rookie and all that, would you say that you would need to give a guy like that the most amount of reps for him to be able to kind of get out there, get the feel going, and, and, and create some plays? I mean, I'm talking about one game specifically versus maybe limiting his plays so that when he does come in, there is an extra pump of energy and he's able to maybe perform better in those specific snaps and, and plays. Does that make any sense? No, I, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I, I'll even take it a step further. It was the point I made last week that sometimes with a young guy, his ability after he's been out there and been in the fire, his ability to take a step back and be able to see things now from a different perspective from the sideline can sometimes help him. The reps are important, obviously, but also being able to see things in a different light. Now he's been in the fire. He knows what it's like. So when he's watching it, he probably has a different appreciation for what's happening on the field, and there may be some learning that can happen from that as well. So I take that that overall question that both me and AG ask, and I'll throw it to Nick and Dave. You tell us what you think of it. No, I, I, it makes good sense. I just think it, you don't. It's not like the guy that would be coming in for him is much better or, or better at all. I'm not even sure that he is. Um, I, I I would keep him out there, and, and I'm looking at the schedule. You know, he's gone up against Robert Woods, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, DK Metcalf, uh, Lockett, Tyler Lockett, Landry, Beckham. Hopkins. <laughs> He's faced the best. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. you know, and, and they've got some really good players this week, but and I, I know the rookie from Minnesota, Jeff, Jefferson. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's really good too. Yeah. But I just think that he's faced some good ones, and and now in the second half of the year, I I think this is the time that maybe he can take the corner. Maybe we saw it in that game. So, um, I I wouldn't take him off the field because I really don't think the guy that would replace him is better. Dave. Not only that, not only do I not think the guy's better, I think Cheeto is the only corner on this team who I definitively think is better than yes. Diggs right now. So I agree with that. And then I, I just, I don't see it. Like, I, I understand the logic. Maybe you do that with a running back, you know, like get the most juice possible out of him. But cornerback and quarterback are like, those are volume positions. Like, you just, you got to have the reps. I mean, you could send him out there in the most favorable situation imaginable, and he still might give up the play because that's the nature of the position. It's just it's it's so, such a hard job mm-hmm. to play cornerback in the NFL, and I think the only way you really get better at it is reps on reps on reps, um, and and learning how to deal with the highs and lows of it, and that you know if. If we were worried about his mental makeup, like, you know, we can even bring, you know, bring up Mo Claiborne. I think Mo Claiborne's struggles early in his career really had an effect on his development. Uh, and I'm not trying to like, you know, I'm not trying to trash the guy. I just that's what it looked like to me. Whereas I don't get that same sense with Diggs that he like is going to go into the tank if he struggles. I mean, he's bounced back in the face of every adversity that he's seen so far. 
So if I was worried that he was going to go into the tank, I would, I might agree, but I haven't seen evidence of that. So I say, just get out there and take your lumps, and it'll make you a better player in the long run. Yeah, quite frankly, he's shown just the opposite. <clears throat> he's shown his ability to deal with adversity well, whether it's within a play as he did with the play with DK Metcalf when he was beat and came back and made a play. He's done it within games where he's been beat and then made plays later in the game, and he's done it week to week where he's been beat one week and he'll come back and he'll make a play the next week. So, yeah, I think everything points to the fact that this is not a, a guy that gets mental. This is a guy that can handle the rigors of playing cornerback, cornerback, which for me personally, I think that's probably about at least 50% of the job of playing cornerback is mentally can you stay in it when, when bad things happen. And I, I think it looks like he certainly has that. Nick, did you have something Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, there's only three players on the defense that have played over 500 snaps. Um, and he's one of them. He's playing 94% of the snaps, uh, you know, 532. Uh, Xavier Woods and Jalen Smith have not missed a snap on defense. I don't care what they're doing. I mean, that's impressive just, just from the standpoint of, you know, staying in there and not getting banged up and having to come off the field. Yeah. I know there's been a lot of talk. Maybe they should. You know, maybe they should come off the field a little bit. But, uh, but for, for Diggs, I mean, he's playing a lot. All right, we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll get into a little bit more conversation about the Cowboys' offense versus the Pittsburgh defense. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!